0: She said, "Just tell him. This is how you be, learn to be a grown-up. You're going to go away to college, and you have to live there to do that. You know, this is how you learn to be a man."
1: Welcome back to All Things IDD, hosted by the Arc of Wichita County. This podcast is a place where we share resources for those with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families, raise awareness, as well as create a space for stories by and about those with disabilities. In today's episode, we're hearing the rest of Tracy's story about her son's transition into a group home and what it was like as a young mom receiving the news that both of her children were on the autism spectrum.
0: I I thought about that, thought about that. That was on a Thursday. And she said, why don't you, tonight, she said, we're going to the movies tonight. We have some extra tickets because we rented the private theater and she said, uh, we, we have up to 20 people and we've got extra tickets. Why don't you and Eric come and he can meet the guys from the house and let's see how it goes. And I said, okay. So that night we went. I had never met any of these people. Karen wasn't there. I didn't know a soul. They were waiting in the lobby for us to get there. And whenever I we walked in, I've never had a such a warm welcome from people I'd never met before except at Surfers Healing, when we took Eric Surfin to the Autism Surf Camp. That was the only other place that I've ever had that warm a welcome from a whole bunch of strangers. Wow. They treated him like a rock star. When we walked in, all of them just swarmed him and were shaking his hand and introducing themselves and shaking my hand and introducing themselves to me. And I was just like, wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tears right now for me. Like, I, I can't imagine in that moment. I like- was
0: just like, I was very overwhelmed by the welcoming yeah feeling that they gave us you know the staff and the residents alike you know I was just like wow okay so we went into the movie and I mean it was like he'd always been part of them you know they they were just great and so after that uh Karen texted me the next day she called me and said how'd it go and I told her what I just told you and she said oh that's really great she said so I have another invitation to extend. She's Monday, they're all going to the Hero House for karaoke, and bingo, why don't you bring him over early, like around four, and let him have dinner with us, and ride to karaoke, and then you can pick him up after that. That way he can kind of come and see the house, and see how it goes, and then he can, you know, see what the evening is like here. I said, okay, so I did that. And he came out of there with the biggest happy face when I picked him up at the end of the evening, and... It was awesome. You know, I mean, he, he, (laughs) we brought him in and and between the movie and the night of karaoke and bingo was a weekend. And I told her, she suggested that I go ahead and have the talk with him about going off to college so that he would know why he's touring this house and Mm -hmm. what we're doing. I said, okay, yeah, it's time. You know, so that weekend I went shopping to try to find him some bedding, you know, some Avengers bedding, something to take with him when he went and i found of all things i found a weighted blanket with avengers on it
1: oh how perfect it
0: was like god said here you go Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it was the only one there was and i've never seen another one
1: and and just for our listeners a weighted blanket does it just help with the sensory can you explain a little it's,
0: it's a sensory thing um when eric was little he used to wear weighted vests because it really helped him calm himself. Sometimes kids that are on the, on the lower end of the spectrum, I hate to use that higher or lower, I don't really know how else to say it, though. Um, sometimes they struggle with spatial awareness, like where, like body awareness, and they feel, um, it's just a way for them to feel a little more anchored mm. to where they're, you know, they just feel out like there a little, it's almost like a constant hug. And it has a soothing effect to them. Um, but the weighted blankets basically do the same thing he hasn't worn a weighted vest in many many years but they were a lifesaver when he was little so but the weighted blankets help with sleep they help with relaxation but they're very even people not on the spectrum or they lay like them too i'm kind of thinking i kind of want one <laughs> you know and i found this weighted blanket and i thought okay that's perfect so I got it and took it home, not really knowing when I was going to give it to him, but I got to thinking about it. I kept praying about it. I was like, Lord, I don't know how to approach this. How do I go in there and go, okay, so by the way, you're moving out. <laughs> you know, I don't Here's know how to do your blanket. This. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fly, flap your little wings, child. Yeah. And... Good luck in the big wide world, you Amen. know.
0: <laughs> and I was just like, I kept praying, Lord, I don't know how to start this conversation. And it was almost like it came to me. I thought, okay, this is... This is how I need to approach this. He loves presents. The kid loves Christmas more than any other kid I've ever seen. So I thought, okay, we'll just treat this like Christmas. So I put that blanket. I wrapped it like a Christmas gift. And I went in there and sat down on the bed next to him. And I handed it to him. Of course, he's all like, "Woo!" (laughs) You know? So he starts ripping into it. And while he's opening it, I start talking. And I just said, okay, so this is a special present. So you know how Holly, when she was 18, she graduated high school and she... Moved out and went away to college. And she had to live there to do that. Because that's how you learn to be a grown-up when you're 18. And I said, you know, you're 18. You just graduated. And it's your turn to go off to college. And to do that, you have to live there. And I said, remember the guys that we went to the movies with? Yeah. I mean, Eric has a few words. And he gets the majority of what you say. So I just said, well... Those guys go to the same college that you're going to go to. Next weekend, you're going to go spend the night with them and kind of have some freshman orientation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's like, yeah. And I said, uh, this blanket is for you to take away with you to college. So it's like a special, you know, it's your college blanket. I said, how do you feel about that? Is that cool? Is that okay? He goes, Cool. And that was it. <laughs> I'm like, well, that went well. <laughs> so anyway, from there, the following weekend, he spent the night. The first, it was the first overnight visit. Took his weighted blanket and, and he went and he did great. He had a lovely time and, you know, came out of there happy. You know, he was perfectly thrilled whenever I picked him up. And so since that one went so well, a couple of days later, we did, she said, during the week, it's so much different because they do so much more during the week than on the weekend. They just kind of chill on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we did a Tuesday and Wednesday. I took him over our Tuesday afternoon, and I picked him up from bridge on Thursday afternoon. So he was there two nights, and he had to get up and get ready for school. And they picked him up from bridge and just how it's going to be when he lives there, kind of an example or a taste of how it's going to be. So he came out of there when we pulled up in there on Tuesday to drop him off. He couldn't get out of the door fast enough. He sprints to the door like, bye. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, I'll see you in a couple of days, <laughs> you know. And I thought, okay, this is going very well, you know. So from there, it was about a week later, the following Saturday, it was like a week and a half. So I picked him up on Thursday and it was the like the saturday after he moved in and he's been there for about three and a half weeks now wow last sunday last well i guess coming up on three weeks last sunday was two weeks we had not seen him so when he moved in they said we really like for you to wait two weeks let him settle in and understand this is where he lives where his family you know and you could see him in two weeks i've never been away from him that long
1: that's a long time. It
0: was a long time. And, the and first...
1: you're in the same town. You're like, I could just drive by. Oh, don't think I, I didn't.
0: Could... <laughs> <laughs> don't think I didn't. <laughs> so but I, I, I did do a couple of helicopter parent drive-bys, you know. And thankfully, the girl who is there in the evenings that takes care of him, you know, that takes care of the whole house from 3 to 10, she's really great. And she would send me texts and pictures and, you know, she kind of got where I was coming from and, and still does. I mean, she she calls him her boy and she loves him. And she, was, she would tell me the things that other guys would do. that The other guys love him. They think he's just the coolest. And it's funny, his roommate is 88 years old. <laughs> James promptly gave him a nickname. He calls him Jimmy Boy. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's Jimmy Boy and James. That's Jimmy
0: Boy and James.
1: I mean, that can be a podcast, a show, all of really Yeah,
0: yeah. They they could yeah they could be but, their own franchise. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, James gets very excited when they go pick Jimmy Boy up from school.
1: Oh, how fun! And
0: it's just they're adorable, and I'm I'm just yeah my first thought was oh my how's he gonna do with that but he's never had to share a room with anybody but apparently James is cool so <laughs> it's
1: only a 70 year difference I, I know. mean
0: yeah When we brought him when we took him for his overnight he acted kind of irritated the first time I picked him up like why are you here I don't want to go home you know and he acted about half irked whenever we brought him home and Mike goes Maybe you should have just left him there and I, and then he goes kind of upset and he goes, He kinda of looks kind of kind of sad, you know, Mike did and I said, Well this is what we wanted. Do we not want what we wanted anymore? (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) He's like, no, no, it's good. I just, I thought it would be a little harder for him than this. (laughs) Because I thought he would at least miss us a little.
1: (laughs) You were not ready for that piece.
0: I wasn't. Neither one of us were, but Eric was more than ready. He was like, you know, he is, he's truly living his best adult ninja life now, you know, and we've been giggling about, you know, when you go away to college, you know fraternities are a big deal, and he's living, he's living in a house with all dudes. Frat right? house. That's the definition of a frat house. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been laughing about him being a frat ninja and calling,
1: or, or a bachelor pad, you know, or that.
0: We've been calling his his fraternity house. We've been calling it Sigma Alpha Hi Yah. <laughs> 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 so.
1: Oh, I'm just so happy to hear that he's adjusting well and. As hard as it's been for y'all, it sounds like y'all are adjusting well. I mean empty nesters but I mean you yeah. you went to work today, you went to a friend's house now you're here and yeah I haven't been home all day. Yeah <laughs> you know? I mean, that that couldn't have been a reality before I don't think no
0: we, that was something that we didn't think we would ever have honestly. Mm-hmm. A prime example of that was last Friday when the snowstorm hit and got so bad um, it was the roads were drivable by Friday. I didn't want to drive my Beetle on the on the ice and stuff so Mike he has an SUV he took me to work and when I called him told him I was ready to get picked up at the end of the day I said you know what you need to do when you get here he said tell me what I need to do when I get here because he's real good like that you know (laughs) and I said you need to take me to the Highlander for dinner
1: oh heck yeah he goes I do
0: need to do that don't I (laughs) oh so so we did
1: so it's kind of a new new Stage of life for y'all getting I mean, to be spontaneous it's, yeah. is it's
0: weird, but I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the first few days I was kind of like, I oh, don't know, it's just us and dogs, you <laughs> know. <laughs> so, but now it's like, oh yeah, we can like totally go out of town for the weekend if we want to. We don't have to go, oh, we gotta find somebody to stay with him.
1: And so, man, how beautiful is that? Is a month. Two months ago, you were just living your life yeah. and knew that maybe kind of one day something could possibly happen. And then, just like that, I mean, and one phone call. Wow.
0: It's, you know, it's one of those things where you know um, there's no other explanation except that, you know, God had a plan. Hmm. That's the only explanation. And I have a lot of stories in my life about how God did big things and there's no doubt it was him. Yeah. That's just the most recent one. I mean, how Holly wound up at Oklahoma Christian is one of those stories mm-hmm. and how she graduated from Wichita Christian School, that's another one that is God had a plan story and I'm just it's it blows my mind a little bit to look at look back and go, "Wow, okay, that's what that was," you know. So,
1: how how old were the kids when they both had a diagnosis? Holly, Holly
0: was three. She was just about, just a few weeks shy of three. Um, The red flags with her were all of her milestones. She hit them all kind of late. And I had a, before I had, before I even thought about having kids, I had a friend that I mall walked with. And she had a 10 year old son that was mildly autistic. And I just, I would ask her questions just out of, Curiosity, you know, just because I I didn't really know anything about it other than if you've seen Rain Man, that's about all you know, you know, which is a far cry from most of our normals, Mm -hmm. you know. So I just was out, just curious. I asked her about that, and that was one of the things that she kept saying was he hit, you know, he hits milestones late, and and whenever Holly started hitting them all late, I kept hearing her in the back of my head saying that, you Mm -hmm. know, and I thought, you know, but I mean, it was, gosh, that was. 19 years ago you know 18 18 years ago anyway uh, you know there wasn't as much resource wise as there is now as far as like to figure and everything that I read I got on the internet and I did a lot of looking and reading and researching and uh printed off a stack of paper that probably killed half of a forest and <laughs> I just I started highlighting and making notes and everything I read said your doctor's going to blow you off about this especially if it's your first child and I thought oh no they're not (laughs) you know so I did that I was like okay I'm, I'm building a case as to why I think this is what is going on and then and I'm I'm huge pregnant with Eric at this point I mean Holly and Eric's birthdays are three days apart so um I'm I'm waddling in there huge pregnant and holly holly was going through a stranger danger phase then where anybody that wasn't immediate family would bring on screaming and yelling and her plastering herself on me and yeah so and we we hadn't been to dr dr johnson's office in long enough that she was like i'm not having any of this Mm. and so (laughs) when he comes in she like throws herself on me and she's screaming in my ear and i just He's on the other side of the room with his back to the wall trying to stay away from us as far away to keep her from getting any louder, trying to help me out, you know. And I just handed him what I had printed off and I just said, this is what I think the problem is. He sat there in the corner opposite from me and looked at all that, nodded his head. He's reading my notes and he hands it back to me. He goes, I think you're exactly right. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, I think you're spot on. He said, uh, and this is something that I, I wanted, I'm glad you asked me about this, because this is something I wanted parents out there that are just starting this journey to understand. When it's your first child, you don't want to see anything quote unquote wrong, you know, but definitely do pay attention to those things because whenever I handed Dr. Johnson all that stuff, he said, you know, he said, I've been suspicious of this for a while, but you were giving me all the answers you thought I wanted to hear when I asked you about them
1: interesting he said
0: I couldn't help you until you decided that Mm. there was you know until you saw it Mm. so you know don't borrow trouble but at the same time be honest with your doctor when they ask you about stuff because had I been a little more honest about that we might have gotten help a little bit sooner I mean as it was everything turned out fine but you know be be honest about what's happening don't you know, don't be afraid of, and I think some parents are like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to admit, if I don't admit it, it's not real. Mm-hmm. You can't stop it from being real. So the sooner you address it, the better for your mm-hmm. child. I mean, whether it's autism or anything else, it's early intervention is so, so important. So anyway, he, he started, he steered us in the right direction. And, and one of the first things I asked him was, you know, I'm about to have another baby what are the odds of, of this happening twice? He said, he really didn't have an answer for me at the time. And now it's, I realize it's a lot more common to have two than people realize. And of course, it's it's super scary. You know, whenever you're, you're starting down this, you know, I was in the deer in the headlights phase whenever Eric came along. And I was immediately, you know, on high alert looking for things that might be red flags. And with him, they were a parent a whole lot faster and looking back I can almost see from the delivery room you know whenever you're when when a kid's autistic changes from the devil (laughs) you know any kind of change is just horrible well what bigger change than going from in here to out here Mm -hmm. You know, and he was real mad about that for a long time. <laughs> you know, and the first, the first few months of his life were just like one long scream. You know, he was just very, very mad. Yeah. About having to leave his nice, comfortable, warm room. You know, and I'm gonna lie, there were times I wished he'd go back in there. <laughs> you know, because I needed some peace. <laughs> Uh, and just, just looking back, I saw a lot of things. He got diagnosed probably more like 18 months to two years old because the signs were a whole lot more apparent with him mm-hmm. than they were with Holly. But, and, and it didn't hurt anything that we were, you know, we were already on high alert about it because we just got the first right. diagnosis. Right. So we got like double whammied right there. Um, But he, he was, he was much, much harder than her from the get go but he he was just till he was probably about 7, I guess. was when it was pretty tough mm. with him.
1: After receiving two diagnoses. I don't know how you say that. I
0: think that's right. The <laughs>
1: plural of that. Um I could imagine that would be difficult, um scary, overwhelming. Just, yeah, not knowing what to expect and so now, being an empty nester and seeing your two children thrive, what would you tell yourself as that young mom?
0: It's not going to be dark forever. There is hope. They, they can overcome this. Um, although I don't know that I would have believed myself <laughs> at that stage of the game. You know, At that point, we were just trying to survive the day. You know, much less thinking about what's going to happen in a month or six months or five years. You know, it was hard to think any further than right now. And, you know, that was, that was pretty tough. I mean, it, it's hard on a marriage to, to deal with that because, I mean, you get really, you're just sad that things are not the way you thought they were going to be. And it's hard not to be angry about, you know, this is not what I wanted. You wanted to take family vacations. You wanted to, I wanted Holly to ride. I mean, I grew up with horses. I was a horse trainer before we got married. And I, you know, I wanted Holly to want to ride. Mike wanted Eric to want to work on cars and play football. And none of those things ever happened. And it's hard not to be like, well, what about, what about what I want? You know, because what you want quickly becomes irrelevant, and it's it's hard it's hard to shift your priorities you know a part of you wants to force them to like it and you know well come on you need to do this with me you know it's it's hard not to follow through with that I'm glad I didn't because Holly's become this really cool amazing quirky artsy hippie person you know and I mean she's shown me fun things that I never would have tried had it not been for her like she likes to do things like comic con and things like that and the first time we did a comic con it was in Dallas and I've never seen so many people in costumes in my life it's like 35,000 people and if you were not dressed up you were the weirdo we're like halfway through the line to get our tickets and Mike (laughs) Mike leans over and whispers in my ear where are we and how did we get here (laughs) about that time holly turns around and she's got the biggest smile on her face and she goes in the stage whisper finally i'm with my people (laughs) and we're looking at her like who are you (laughs) you know but after that i got to where i was like you know this is kind of fun so it was something she and i started doing together Mike was all that into it. So he just stayed home with Eric. He's like, no, I'm good. Y'all go on. <laughs> you know, I got to wear I dressed up. I have a pink wig and, you know, some, <laughs> some, uh, you know, a fur tail and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. You know, I have pictures of Holly and I together. She had a pink wig on and so did I. And we were just having the biggest time. And I thought, you know, that's not something I would have ever gone and experienced if she hadn't drugged me with her you know and we've had the best time doing that and you know it's just you you learn to see things that you wouldn't normally have It, it forces you outside your comfort zone a little bit but sometimes it's pretty cool
1: is there anything else that you want our listeners to hear from you any encouragement
0: i think it's so important to find a church i mean if. We've we've been in the same church my kids' whole lives, and probably one of the most moving things I've ever seen when my kids were little, six or seven, something like that, uh, it was right around the time they had the first Autism Conference of Texoma here, which we don't have them anymore, but we had them for a while, and Mike and I went, and one of the breakout sessions was called Autism in Church. And we went into that session, and I went in there and looked around, and Addison—over <laughs> half the people in the room were from my church, and they were there. They were there because they wanted to know how to teach my kids uh, when they when when it came time for my kids to be in their class, and that was just. It blew my mind because I I didn't know they were coming. I mean, I'd seen a few of them, you know, in between sessions and stuff, but I didn't know that many of them were there. I mean, it was almost every Sunday school teacher we had at the time. And the one that had Eric at the time was he was fixing to move up out of her class. And after that, after that conference, she went to the people who had him next and taught them how to teach him. And then she comes to me, she comes to me and all but begs me to let her teach him how to play the piano. And I'm like, You want to do what? <laughs> you know, but I'm just, we couldn't have done it without my church family. And they're just, I know it's hard. For a lot of families like us, to find a place where you're accepted, and and that makes me sad because if you're not accepted at your church by your church family, there's there's something not right, mm-hmm. you know. Because that's that's where you, anybody should be judgment free. You know, that's I don't care what's go- sorry. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I don't care what's going on. That's that's so important. Spiritual, your spiritual health is so important you know, and I think that I think that had a lot to do with why I mean, me and Mike are some of the <laughs> we're like a unicorn in the autism world because we've been married 25 years and most families most couples don't survive you know I mean the divorce rate in families with kids with disabilities the divorce rate is unbelievably high mm. I think the last number I heard was like 75%
1: wow I did not know that
0: it's it just it rips you apart if you're not and it's it's even for a strong couple it's hard Mm. you know and and there were times i'd be be lying if i said it's been you know it's been the two of us against the world the whole 25 years because that's not true um when things were really really tough there was times whenever we you know we we talked about is this really how we want to keep living you know and that's i mean that's hard to it's hard to say Mm and but we didn't we went ahead we stuck it out and i'm glad we did because i love him now more than i did 25 years ago you know i'm excited to get to have him all to myself again (laughs) i don't even share him with the dogs very much (laughs) you know so i just but i think a lot of that is due to our faith you know and is you if you think you can do this by yourself or just you and your spouse (laughs) you're in for a rude awakening Mm. i mean you might can do it but it'll be a whole lot easier if you have some faith and a church family
1: i love hearing that so many people from your church wanted to come and learn and figure out how they could serve your family and so for anybody listening that's not connected to somebody with idd um but but wants to help or or maybe they Know a family that has a child with disabilities? What would you say that they can do if they're kind of like, I don't know how to help. I don't have any skills maybe to offer. But what what can I do? Is the best thing for for loved ones to just come to parents and be like, I I want to help, but I don't know how.
0: If you see somebody like that, you know somebody like that. Asking questions without, I mean, and genuinely wanting to know. I think most of us as parents are more than happy to educate. I know I am. I mean. I mean, you're here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) one of the reasons I'm here. And I just, I think if you ask questions and you're genuinely interested and want to know so you can help, that's, that's probably the biggest thing, um, and just if you if you watch and you see something like I I have uh, there's a guy that I used to work with that when he met Eric him and Eric had this interesting connection you know and he was the only person I've ever seen Eric has sensory issues about fur so horseback riding therapy and things like that were never something that he would do because it's like oh I might have to touch something with fur on and we're not doing that <laughs> you know but um, this, this friend of mine that I worked with, he could get Eric to touch horses. I have a video somewhere of him. He got him to lead one and he walked with him, you know, Eric's holding the lead rope and a couple of times put his hand on the horse's neck and I'm going, (laughs) you know, so, I mean, sometimes you never know, you might have a special connection with a kid that you don't expect because my friend didn't expect it, you know, but once he figured out that he had it, he took it and ran with it you know and that meant a lot to me that he he went out of his way like that to do that you know so if you if you know someone like that and and you have a connection or you 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 just trying I mean that's that's big to us you know that you that you try without judgment
1: Thank you for being here and for being so open and sharing such good stories with everybody. Well,
0: like I said, I have 20 years worth. So <laughs> let me know if you need more. I got yeah, plenty. <laughs> I,
1: I think we'll we'll have a part two with Tracy. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have new ninja stories by that point. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tracy as much as I did. Join us for the next episode where I talk with a representative from the local school district. He is the Instructional Programs Facilitator for the SPED program, and we talk through transitioning, when that starts, what it looks like, and what the goals are. Until next time, be good to yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Tracy. I just always love talking with you. It's (laughs) so good.